Welcome to the Pink Cloud Podcast. In this weekly podcast, we offer a supportive space where women share their personal experiences of getting sober and navigating sobriety while being young. In each episode, we deliver an amazing combination of heart-to-hearts and informative interviews with sober women without judgment. This podcast is about of necessity for like-minded women trying to seek and maintain sobriety while achieving more in their lives. Whether it's in sobriety, relationships, career, spirituality, mental health, or health and wellness. Created with sobriety, recovery, and sisterhood in mind, the Pink Cloud Podcast unites the voices of phenomenal women as we share deep and inspiring conversations of hope for a bright future. Hello and welcome to the Pink Cloud Podcast. I'm your sober host, Lisa H., and I have Mona Lisa on today, and I'm so excited to hear her story. So Mona Lisa, thank you so much for coming and sharing, and go ahead and take it away. Yeah. All right. I guess we could start just with growing up. You know, I had my parents, my mom and dad, and we had a good upbringing, you know. I'm Mona Lisa, by the way. We had a good upbringing. You know, my mom stayed home. My dad worked all the time. And I guess I never really, we would go to Santa. We did family trips all the time, you know, and my dad would always have a beer in the truck driving, you know, he worked really, really hard and occasionally get in trouble. And I guess we just thought it was normal, you know, growing up. So I think about, I'm coming up on nine years sober. Mm -hmm. And I think about, yeah, I think about my life as a child and kind of like the perception with drinking that I got from my dad that you could function and, you know, still be successful. So I guess Mm -hmm. it's kind of where it started with that you could be somebody and still drink, like even in your car in front of your kids. So I guess like this vision that it was normal to me until I got older. I think about like what kind of triggered like choices I made from a young age. When I was 11, my grandfather actually got electrocuted in front of me, right? On on his ranch over in Tracy. And so my sister and my cousin and I were there in the middle of nowhere and we're watching him get electrocuted by a down power line, right? Oh my God. And so, you know, I think that's when I started this like super destructive angry path in life and of course like when I really I stopped believing God in God you know because I was like why would he do this we were raised like in a Catholic household and my mom was like super let's go to church all the time and but that one situation with my grandpa like actually it trickled down like as I got into middle school and I mean I was always really good in school, you know, like I had Mm -hmm. a lot of friends, I was popular, I like did very well, like with my grades. I mean, I knew what I wanted to be when I was in sixth grade, like I had this plan. But like, as I got older, I was just so hateful, you know, Uh, and I was so angry. But I never, you know, when I think about it, I remember the first time that I had a beer, Mm -hmm. my brother and I had went down to Hawaii to see some family for a school break and we were under the house and we were drinking a Bud Light or Budweiser, Uh right? And there was really no, I didn't really have like a desire at the time to like drink. I just wanted to fight, you know? Yeah. 
And I just was, I was angry. You know, I still till this day have a lot of letters that when I was going through therapy and stuff around the time I was 11 and middle school and everything, you know, I read these letters and I was so like, I always thought that I caused my grandpa to die that day. I mean, I somewhat, I could have, if I wouldn't have said something, you know, whatever, but, you know, I graduate from high school and I had a really good high school years, you know, like Mm -hmm. I was pretty good in high school, you know, and I decided to join the military. Mm-hmm. Right. And so my dad, he was so against it. He was like, <laughs> you know, you can go to college and you don't know what's out there. I can't protect you. And, and I was like, no, dad, I want to do this myself. Like, I want to mm-hmm. do this myself. And, you know, I made a promise. I had told him, okay, I'm going to get stationed in San Diego. You know, just yeah. let me go and I'll get stationed in San Diego. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's not too far from up north. And my dad's like, okay, so you can pick where you want to go. I was like, yeah, like, I'm just going to go to <laughs> Illinois to go to boot camp. And I'm going to tell them that I'm going to go to San Diego, right? <laughs> you know, when I was finishing up school, I actually had scored really high in school that I was able to pick anywhere in the whole world I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And I didn't pick San Diego, yeah. you know, and they had came up with some orders for me to go to England. And, you know, I was 18 years old. Yeah, I was 18 years old. You know, they, they said, you know, I had said, I want to go to San Diego. I told my dad I'd go to San Diego. And the detailer's like, San Diego, you can go anywhere in the yeah. world. Anywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. And so he said, well, what about England? And, you know, I mean, we're from a small town. And that's like something unheard of to have an opportunity to go, yeah. like, to this country. You know, we're talking Stonehenge, London, you know, like things that you see in books, like I could get Mm -hmm. to live there, you know? And so, you know, I said, okay, I'll just figure out something to tell my parents. And so I remember calling and telling them like, they made me go, like I had no choice, (laughs) you know, I had no choice. And I think that's where it started. I remember getting there and everyone banging on my door. You know, I don't remember what time it was. It was such a long flight and they wanted to go to the bar, you know, to this bar and they wanted to take me out. And I'm like, I'm only 18. Like I'm not legal, you know? Yeah. And I think that's where like it began, you know, it was so normal to drink, you know, especially like in England, there was people 15 years old in the clubs. And I mean, we were smoking cigarettes and eating Burger King after the club in the Burger King, you know, and you travel and everyone's drinking and it's okay. You know, I remember going up to the store, they had told me like, Hey, go up to the store and buy a case of beer. I'm like, I'm not 21. They're like, no, they sell it to us, you know? And after that, it was like, wow, I'm free, you know? And then it just became a really big issue, like a mm-hmm. really big issue. But it was so, like, it was okay, you know? Like, I mean, I had my bosses, like, we would go to lunch from work and it was okay to yeah. come back, you know? And so it kind of just fit with how I grew up that my dad, like, we're going on a family trip. And he has a tall can in the truck and we're driving, you know, two hours away, you know, like, and so in my mind, like, I mean, as long as I was going to work and as long as I was paying my bills, like, it's okay, you know, and I had like a lot of permission with that because it was like, well, my dad, I mean, he has a great job. Like we have a, a beautiful house, like, you know, all this different stuff. And as long as I'm doing the right thing, you know, but then it just got to where... 
I think somewhere along, you know, coming, I was going to be coming back to the States. Maybe I was about almost 21. And I realized like how much like we drank, you know, and how I would use all my money. And I would call my parents like, hey, mom, can you send me $100? And my mom's like, we can't do this. Like, you know, we can't do this all the time. You know, you can't just blow your money partying all the time, you know. But I still, you know, I still was like, well, as long as I'm going to work and I'm not getting in trouble, then it's okay. Yep. You know? And so, you know, I come back here to the States and I remember I had a garbage can with a keg in it in my kitchen with my door to my apartment always unlocked. And, and like, that was okay. I couldn't even picture that now. Like who the hell has a garbage can with a keg? You know what I mean? Like you're a woman, like you're supposed to have cute things, you know? And And like, it just became like this spiraling thing, you know? And, you know, one day I remember waking up in the hospital and my best friend and my mom were like on both sides of me. And I had like an eye, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. You know, my mom's like crying, my best friend, he's there crying and we're at the base and I'm like, what happened? You know, cause my mom was about four hours away, you know, she's sitting there and they had thought I like took some, I mean, it was just, all I did was drink a whole box of wine, you know, <laughs> but it was too much. A box. You know, and a box. You remember this? Box of wine. Yes. Like the big one. I don't yes. Called, but With a little space bag that. inside. The yeah. Little- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was me. I drank the whole thing. I must've passed out to where they call the ambulance, you know? And I just kept doing things like that. You know, like I would be in the bathroom and like the guy I was dating was like, you really like, you know, And for some reason I would like get away with it. Like I would go and be put in that position, but I wouldn't get like in trouble, trouble. It was like, okay, just chill out next time or, you know? And so I guess it was like, you know, you start feeling maybe as long as I go to work and Mm -hmm. do the right thing, you know, I would tell myself like, I would never drive drunk. Yeah. Like I would never, like, I would never do that. Like I never got in trouble. Like I never you know, like I constantly would tell myself that, you know, and it got me into trouble with like drugs because then I started getting these permissions for all these other things, you yeah. know, like as long as I don't buy from this person or as long as I don't, you know, like, and I justified it so much, you know? Yeah. It's like putting the restrictions on all of these things. People who just drink or, you know, take pills don't have to put all these restrictions. You just don't, you just don't right. think about it. They're just people that just drink when they want to drink and then don't drink and don't think about it. I remember doing that too. I'm like, I'm not going to drink in the morning. I can't drink this time. I'll start drinking at this time. It was so restrictive, but as long as I'm doing this, then I'm okay. As long as I'm not doing this and I would never do these things. I had this list of the nevers. Those eventually went away (laughs) and those are Mm -hmm. I did everything, but all of those restrictions, it's like, that's a telltale sign of like, okay, probably have a problem with alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I remember like, you know, they had sent me to like a little class for people who got in trouble drinking when I was in the Navy and, and it still didn't click. It's like, you know, yeah. everybody does it. I mean, even yeah. my dad, you know, it's like everybody does yeah. it. Yeah. Like, and, and it's I'm such not, a thing, like in the Navy, yeah. like they, they don't really want to deal with it either. You know, they're like, yeah. oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Like, it's almost like, like go I to the class for seven days and then, yeah. you know, listen to what they're saying yeah. and, you know, and that's that. And so I ended up getting out. I did, you know, my time and moved to New York and the same thing, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm like running an operating room. I work on park Avenue. I'm getting paid all this money. 
you know, I'm able to send money to help my parents. Like mm-hmm. I have beautiful things. I have my own place. It's New York City. Everyone's struggling. I'm doing well. Why can't I have a drink in the morning? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Why can't I have two bottles of wine at night? Why can't mm-hmm. I, you know, go shopping and stop at the bar? Like, because I thought as long as I did all the things I'm supposed to do, then I mean, I'm cool. I'm good, you know? And so year two into being in New York, my dad, he passed away from an overdose and he had a massive heart attack. Yeah. And I was there and I get this call from my mom, like, you know, he's not here anymore. And that really just kind of sent me in a really like crappy place, you know, because he was like my best friend, you know, and I just, and I'm in New York and they're in California and I'm like trying to get home and I'm trying to go to sleep to maybe it was a bad dream. And I woke up and it's still, you know, I came home and I like lied, you know, cause I was like, okay, I only have a day to be here. Cause I just didn't want to, you know, deal with the reality of the situation. And I go back to New York and then I'm like, now I'm drinking, like yeah. I'm aware of what I'm doing, you know? And then I'm just, I'm so angry, you know, I'm just mm-hmm. so angry and just very reckless. But still, I'm not getting in trouble. You know, I'm not getting in trouble with the law. I still have my job. I still pay my bill. You know, I'm still doing all the right things, you know? So it's like, okay, this is how I handle my dad's death. Like people do that all the time. Like, oh God, I had a hard day. I got to have a drink, you know? And so it was in my mind, okay, right? So I did that for a while, for a long while. You start getting burnt out after a while. I think I was like almost, you know, 28, 29, 30 around there. My mom had always like, she kept getting cancer. Like it's like every couple of years would go by. And so she gets cancer again. And, you know, it's like, I'm dealing with that and I'm, you know, and so my cousin actually, she came down and she had been sober, I think for probably about a couple of years when she came. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing she wanted to do when she got to New York city was go to a meeting in Times Square. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I'm like, what the hell? Like, what is that? Like, what are you thinking? You know? And so we're looking at this address because I was completely oblivious to that. I didn't know what any of these AA, whatever A, this and that. Yeah, I didn't know what any of that stuff was, you know? And so we get to the meeting and it was like this little cozy little spot. You know, they had like Christmas lights and they had the symbol and they had, you know, it was like, and these people are like sitting there and like they're talking and I'm like, this is like the movies, you know, like <laughs> they, this is real, you know, like, and you know, they ask if I want to share and I had told my cousin, like, I don't want to share. Like, I don't want to be part of any of that stuff. Like, yeah. you're, not you're like, I'll go, but I'm not you talking. Know, like, I'm, I'm going to go. Yeah. Like, this is, just, yeah, exactly. I mean, she loved it. She was all, you know, like wanted to find more meetings and stuff. And I'm like, okay, you're in New York city. Like, we're not going to sit in AA meetings, you know? <laughs> But that was just, I think that was, so that was like my first kind of like opening to like hearing people's stories. But I still thought, you know, honestly, I thought I was better than them, you know, because I'm like, I have money. I work on Park Avenue. I have my shit together. Mm -hmm. Like you guys are bums. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I thought I was better, you know, like I just didn't fit, you know? Yeah. You know, she leaves and it was starting getting close to me, like transitioning to come back home because my mom wasn't doing well. And so I remember I had finally moved back here to the town that I grew up in. And like, you know, my mom was really bad. Like the cancer had spread through her whole body. 
I remember one day sitting out the porch smoking a cigarette, right? And I was thinking like, you know, I got to do this the right way. Like I want to be able to like process this in a different way than I did my dad, you know, Mm -hmm. like I want to not just be oblivious. And I had seen this because I remember like my brother and sister had came to our house and they had bottles of alcohol and they're drinking. And I'm like, are we going to do this forever? You know, like, are we going to do this forever? Like, is this the answer to like this getaway? Because I mean, when we wake up, it's the same shit. She's still dying, you know? Yeah. Like when does it end? Yeah. Like when does it end? You know? And so I remember like that day it was around Halloween time. Cause you know, my day is October 30th, right? We were decorating outside. And so I made that decision myself, like without anything, because I knew like, I just wanted to be there for my mom and not like dodge the opportunity to be there for the end of her life, you know? Yeah. And it was the hardest thing to do because, you know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have a sponsor. I wasn't going to meetings. I wasn't doing any kind of step work. I wasn't doing any of these things. It was just kind of like, I could feel it that this was going to be the better choice. Yeah. And I had told myself like, just until mom passes away, like, I'm just going to do this and not drink until my mom passes away. Right. Like I promised myself, like, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. And so I could have never imagined that like, now what almost nine years later I'm still like doing that you know like yeah and you know once you become you know and at that time I'm you know my early 30s and I didn't have any children or anything and so when I had my daughter then it was even more like okay I'm gonna be a mom it's like just all these like events were taking place that kind of just kept me in that space of like okay I don't want to drink anymore yeah, um, it's not an option. And, you know where it's going to yeah, go. You know yeah, where yeah. it takes you if you're going to drink. And so you're like, okay, I can't drink because I have right. to go through this or I have to be a mom now. And so it's just right. not convenient. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, when I had finally, you know, around that time, like when I had decided there were these bottles that I was buying, right? And that was like one of the reasons what made me think about it because what I started doing was saving these beautiful like blue bottles. Mm-hmm. on the top of my fridge and the plan was for me to crack them all to make a pathway in front of the house right so I figured if I had more bottles and I drank more then I could have this beautiful mosaic pathway yeah. this was my plan right like my justifying <laughs> like collecting all these like bottles you know like to make a pathway and I wasn't going to make no damn pathway, you know, like, <laughs> and one day I realized like the whole top and at the, t- you know, my fiance, like at the time was like, what are you going to do with all those bottles? You know, every day after work, I'd go get two bottles and finish them. And, you know, and so, you know, it just kind of like, you know, just going to where, you know, like I'm saying, like I had my daughter, like I knew I had to, like, she's all that I had, you know, like my parents were gone. My brother and sister lived far away. You know, her dad was always working and. I couldn't drink. Like there was no way that I could be a mom, like a good mom, you know, like how my mom was to us. If I drank like that and the transition was really hard because it was stressful to, I remember the first time I see my mom after she passed away, my sister and my friend, we actually did her makeup for her services, Mm -hmm. you know? And I thought I was going to leave, you know, my sister's like, have a drink, like just have a drink and cut. And I'm like, I can't like, I have to do this without drinking, you know? And so I've, 
spent, you know, the last almost nine years, like doing some very difficult things. And like, even, you know, I struggle with like anxiety and PTSD and depression. And like, you know, I have these really bad episodes of like disassociation, you know, like, and it's like the whole time that I was drinking, like, you know, I'm going to do air quotes, like it helped, yeah, you know? And so now like I live this life where I have to like be consumed to where, you know, there was a big part. And even sometimes we're like, it's so debilitating. Like I can't leave the house. Yeah. You know, like my memory, like just all these things. And I still don't drink because I yeah. know that's like, it's still going to be there, you know, yeah. but it's really cool though, to be able to kind of navigate through life and know, like you have an option and you don't. When I moved here or when I became a mom, you know, it's like, there's two ways you can go. you be the working mom, right? Mm-hmm. And your kids in daycare. Yeah. You can be the stay at home mom. And then you have the friends that are stay at home moms that they drink. Yeah. Then you yeah, have the, the wine you know, mom like, culture is, yeah, a to- yeah. is like, that's what everyone does. All the stay at home yeah. moms are, you know, oh, I got my wine and my wine. And so, yeah, being right. a sober mom like, is not, yeah. there's not a lot of us. There's a lot more and it's a lot more because I'm like, when I became mom, I was like, shit, now I know why all those moms drink. Like, I don't need, right. like, now I, now I get that. Like yeah. I told, now I get why they're like, oh, I need, and why I'm like, oh my God, it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life yeah. is be a mom. It is so hard. And you, oh, and yeah. yeah, being sober. But I also think like, right. Cause I was in these mom groups, like having a newborn and they, you know, like, Oh, having wet. I'm like, how are you drinking right now? Like, aren't you worried about like, I'm not trying yeah. to judge either, you know, but I'm like, I'm just so glad that's not something that I have to deal with or struggle with. Like, it's not a choice. Yeah. It's not like, am I going to drink tonight or not? Am I going to roll over on my kid because I drank too much, you know, and mm-hmm. the infants in the bed or not? Like, I was just really grateful that I was sober before I had a baby that way. Yeah. I don't have to like deal with the wondering. Cause I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I could be yeah and attentive it, it, and it, present and aware mm-hmm. if I'm drinking not the way I drink oh, yeah. anyways either oh, you yeah. know well, I would yeah. be out and there, there running there would be yeah there would be I mean I wouldn't even be taking care of her you know what I mean like yeah. I, I just couldn't I don't even want to imagine what it would be like to have that still hanging over my head and then be a mom you know it's been a you know we went on a play date at a winery of all things mm-hmm. right because they have a good playground beautiful playground and, you know, the tables are there and, you know, they have really good pizza. And so the mom group's like, you know, like, hey, let's go take the kids to have pizza and they can play and we can all chat. And I'm like, all right, cool. Right. And so, you know, of course, they start ordering their stuff and I'm drinking a Diet Coke and and they're like, here, you know, and I'm like, how are you guys drinking if you got to drive home with kids? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, I'm like, how yeah. are you? Yeah. yeah. Even if it's just one, like, and they're like. Well, that's what the pizza's for. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, you know, so I'm like, oh, no, thank you. You know, and and so like they asked like three times and then it's like, you know, it's like, I'm not going to say I don't like saying I'm sober or I don't like, like, I'm not proud of it. But, you know, it's like you always hear like, oh, God, I have to drink. These kids drive me crazy. Or like, oh, my God, how can you not drink like and be a mom? And oh, my God. So it's like been easier that the ones that know, know, you know, like I live pretty private. And so I don't put it all out there for everyone. But I was like, well, I'm on antibiotics, so I can't drink, you know, and then they're like, Oh, okay, you know, but, you know, as the years have gone on, it's been easier for me to because everything is so 
centered on drinking. I mean, if you look at, you know, yes. t-shirts or like cups Everything and tumblers is. and yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, like, like it's cool, you know? And so like God continues to like put people in my life that don't drink. So that way I don't have to put myself in those positions just to have like, you know, the company of people, you know, and to be able to, you know, my daughter will say like, Hey mom, you don't drink any beer. Right. And I'm like, Nope, I sure don't. She's like, that's good. Right. Because only bums drink beer. I'm like, no, there's, you know, because you see the homeless people all over the place, you know, and it's like, you know, she's only seven. And so it's hard to explain that, but it's really cool to be able to know that like, she doesn't have to see that. And that becomes something that like I did with my dad. Yeah. My mom I was going to say, it, you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, like your dad, that. you saw that mm-hmm. and that was normalized. And so you thought it was just normal. As right. long as you do everything that you're supposed to do, you keep yeah. a job, you do this, then you can drink in the car with your kids and you yeah. can yeah. always, you can drink around the clock and you think that's normal. I grew up that way too, thinking it was like normal. I remember my grandpa going to his house. He was so organized. His house was spotless. His backyard was spotless mm-hmm. and he drank Budweiser and he had a really nice trash can and a nice can crusher. And he would drink morning to night and he would drink his Budweiser in his can, he would drink it and crush it. And so everything was organized and clean Mm -hmm. and neat. And I just thought that that was normal that you like, you know, so that's so cool that your daughter's like, you don't drink, right? Cause only bums drink. Like that's such a a crazy, like a seed that's planted that we get to, you know, raise sober kids, you know, kids that have the sober moms, it's like teaching them stuff that we weren't taught when we were growing up. Yeah. And so it's, you know, as she gets older, Cause I remember not too long ago, she asked me why, you know, and I'm like, do I tell her that I'm like a super raging alcoholic or do <laughs> I just tell her that, you know, sometimes when you drink those things, you don't make the best decisions, you know, and yeah. I want to make sure that I always make the best decisions with you. And so I've, you know, always been pretty honest with her about everything, even at a young age. And so, you know, in time, like I wouldn't mind sharing her story because I think with my parents, it wasn't discussed until like my dad was dead. And then my mom was like, you know, on her own. And then she's telling me about all these things that my dad did that was like so hidden. And I still love him regardless, whatever choices he made. Sometimes you just don't make it out, you know, like you just, I've lost a lot of friends that they couldn't do it, you know, and their time from, you know, 20 something years or however much time it goes down to like two months, you know, and it's really you know, that's like, that's the truth of just kind of like how it works. And it's hard, you know, it's like, you know, I talk to my husband all the time, because he'll say like, well, my obsession is gone. I don't think about that. Right. And I'm like, cool, good for you. Because like, I, (laughs) after all this time, like, I would be lying to say that, like, you know, I can't like go, you know, through a liquor store or, you know, a gas station and walk by and, you know, see these things. And I'm like, wow, like, they've made so much stuff. You know, yeah, like they've made so many things that like, you know, I would be fixated on certain, you know, I know myself, you know, and so, you know, like, I continue just to like, stay focused, because it does get difficult, especially when you struggle with like any kind of anxiety. And, you know, now you're like pushing the line of like taking pills, you know, yeah, yeah, like, and then it goes hand in hand. And then you're just like, God, like, maybe this would be easier. And then you see your kid and you're like, wow. Yeah. 
Well, and then there's know, other like, things to do, you know, to, because a lot of us alcoholics and addicts also suffer from anxiety disorder. I have mm-hmm. anxiety, you know, anxiety disorder, other mental illnesses. And so it is good to have another outlet. Like you were talking about when we we're doing our pre-show, you're talking about your hobby now and what you're doing. Yeah. And that's yeah. awesome. So tell us about it. Yes. You know, I've always worked my whole life and, you know, when, you know, when I became a mom, my identity, like you get lost, like when you get married or you have children and now you have this family and everything that you've known when you were just alone by yourself, it threw me for a loop. And then, you know, when I got sober now, like my whole circle of friends changed and there's people that I just can't hang out with, but I love them. And I still speak to, you know, just everything changed. And I'm like, who am I? You know, I went through a really bad postpartum depression. And I mean, I was bad, you know, like to where like suicidal bad, like it was, I struggled, like, yeah. you know, and so, you know, I realized that, like, my identity was, I didn't even know who I was anymore. You know, like, I didn't know what I liked. I mean, all I did was cook and clean and breastfeed all day long. Yep. yep. You know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And like, she never took a bottle. I didn't have, you know, grandma and grandpa to drop. Her. Like there was no option. Yeah. It's just you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. I totally relate yeah. to that too. Same thing living in a different city and mm-hmm. I don't have any family here at all. We moved from overseas here and I have a newborn yeah. and it's just me all day long and a husband yeah. that's, you know, in the military, like working just nonstop. And so, yeah, it's like, who am I? I am nobody yeah. but a slave to this little thing that I love so much, yeah. but also is like the most amazing thing, but also the biggest like burden that you've ever yeah. had in your life. Exactly. And it's just mixed emotions for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what I did was I had, you know, she does like a lot of my world revolves around everything she does in the beginning until I started learning that I'm like, you know, I got to put myself first. Like I really, I know people say that all the time. Right. But they don't, you know, I mean, even if it's this feeling of guilt to buy yourself like this expensive sweater, because, you know, maybe the kids are going to need something. I mean, I, I was constantly like putting myself on the back burner in every area. And that really even got me lower to where it was like, mm, this is not a good life, you know, and I'm going to make some pretty bad choices if I keep doing this. But, you know, so I had taken her to this archery range here in town so she could start getting archery lessons. And, you know, she hit the target and then she was off playing with the dog in the fields. And like the instructor was like, well, do you want her lesson? You know, because I'd hate to charge you for just that little quick shoot of hers. So I'm like, I don't know if you remember when we did archery in high school. Yes. But it was like, that wasn't even any fun. You know, like, (laughs) I mean, it was fun. us all standing there talking and messing around. But, you know, I was like, Arch, I don't want to do this, you know, but so glad that I picked up that bow that day because, you know, I have like, I'm on the path to like just this great life because I finally found something like that's all for me. Cause you know, when you're a parent, you got to, or even if you're just married to someone or you're dating, you got to share everything. Like nothing is yours. There's no, like, this is my, you know, pie. Nobody touch it. Cause someone's going to poke their finger in or eat it, you know? Yeah. So I started shooting this bow every day, every morning. And it was so peaceful. I had so much control of this contraption and this feeling of like this powerful feeling like that I had behind this arrow and the sound that it made when it hit the target. And so four months later, I was in a blind turkey hunting with a bow <laughs> up north. 
And um, awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't stopped since, you know, and I have like this company that they are, I did an apprenticeship for and they drink a lot of whiskey. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they actually had this big shoot and I was really nervous. And my aunt's like, are you sure you want to go there? You know, because, you know, we're talking about almost nine years and now I'm putting myself like right into the, like the layer, Yeah, you know? And I said, you know what? I think I could do this, you know? And so I went up to Tahoe and I spent the whole week in there and they were all having a good time. Mm-hmm. but hung over the next morning and I'm awake and I'm like ready to like mm-hmm. hike the mountain. And so my journey like with hunting has brought me that purpose of something for myself yeah. that I don't. And I notice like the further I get along in my journey hunting, the more that I can like walk through these aisles and those things are like really not even there anymore. Yeah. You know, well, you know what it is though, because of like archery and you have to be so focused, that's really a form of meditation and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And what I have found for me in my recovery and dealing with my anxiety is the more I meditate, I can deal with stuff better. You know, my anxiety right. decreases if you're being mindful. So I really try and practice that, which really what you're doing. I mean, you're focusing yeah. on something, you're tuning everything out you're focusing on one thing, you're being mindful and you have to be, I mean, to hunt. I mean, that's like a precise, like you cannot be distracted. You have to focus and be mindful. And yeah, it's perfect for you. I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I tried, you know, these mindfulness exercises that my therapist like, okay, let's sit on the floor and take a deep breath. I'm like, I can't do this shit. Like, I don't, I can't relax like that. You know, that's not for me. I need something. And so that's, this has been my something, you know, and well, there is some meditation where they say it's like the mind's like a puppy. Give the puppy a ball. You yeah. Know? So I'm not, not everyone. Yeah, yeah. Some puppies need some, <laughs> yeah. some minds are like puppies and they need a ball. You need something to be distracted. And it's not just sitting there silent or quiet or whatever. Yeah. It is like a practice, whatever it is. Yeah, that's good. I didn't thought about that. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I've been doing. And I'm headed up to Colorado in like two weeks to go on a 10 day backcountry elk hunt by myself with, well, with, you know, three other people going up Mm -hmm. there. I've never met them, but I'm going to be doing that. And I'm extremely terrified because it always comes up in any of these hunts. You know, it's predominantly a male environment, you know, Mm -hmm. so I'm over here, this woman trying to get into this, you know, but it always comes, you know, because they drink, they're back there, you know, they want to drink and, and it's always kind of like the same thing, like in the beginning, you know, is, you don't drink. And I'm like, no, they're like, Oh God, that sucks to be you. Right. And I'm like, not really, (laughs) but you know, so I guess it just kind of comes as a territory, but it's just been really cool to be so like knowing what is like happening in my life to where I don't even feel that that's an option to even think about those things. And, but for myself, you know, because for a long time, it was like, I got to do this for my mom or I got to do this, you know, and then she's mm-hmm. dead. So it's like, okay, yeah. who am I going to do it for now? You know? And then it's like my daughter, okay, I got to do this for my daughter. But then she went to school and she's not around. So then I have, you know, yeah. from seven 30 to three o'clock to basically do whatever I want and no one's yep. looking, you know? Yeah. But it's exciting. You know, like when you finally get to that point of like understanding of why it really isn't good for you to drink, you know, mm-hmm. and knowing like, a lot of my friends sometimes that don't understand how like program works or just how, you know, addiction works or any of these things, because they're able to have one drink or 
a nice glass of wine with dinner. Like, that's cool. Like, I can't do that. Yeah. Well, how do you know? I'm like, trust me. Like, I know. Like, I can't just do that. You know, I have a problem. It's probably been, not probably, but it has been the greatest decision to make is because for so long, I just thought it was okay as long as you, you know, pay your bills and you have a house. And then I would look at those people that lost everything or that were sick or, you know, on the streets. And it's like, how could you get to that point? You know, and I'm like, judge, but I could have gotten to that point. You know, yeah. like I just never drank when I drove. I just never went to jail. But I mean, I could have, you know, and that yeah. could have been me. You know, I had a lot of and yes. So- there were things too that I said I would never do, but I didn't. I kept going, you know, and I'm glad I stopped when yeah. I did, but I'll never do that. I used to swear I'd never drink and drive, and then I'm driving in blackouts you know, and I would never yeah. do that. I never drink in the morning. Well, I kept trying to drink in the morning, but I'd be so damn sick from the night before that mm-hmm. it just wouldn't even do anything. I'd get so I would like throw up, like I couldn't even hold yeah. any liquor down, you know, but I was trying to drink in the morning, but I swear yeah. I wouldn't, but I was trying, here I am like trying to like, yeah, you know, try and keep it going, but it's yeah. But, so, but so we recently, this week, we just opened up a sober living home for women and children. It's so awesome. And so I've been doing a lot of like kind of running around and like meeting these women. And it's like so heartbreaking, like to be a mom and you see these women that have these problems and their children and how wild these kids are because they've lived in such chaos, Yeah, you know? And then I see my daughter just kind of standing there and it like, you know, today I was like with this woman and her two children and I'm just you know, you want to cry because I'm so grateful, right? Like, and I know that's kind of crappy to say because I'm sitting next to this woman who, like her kids didn't eat all day. They took the bus, like since the morning and the kids are, you know, just all these situations. And I'm like, man, like, yeah, that could be me, you know, like, that's what you think. Like, thank God it's not me because it could be. Yeah, because it's so, like um, you're one decision away from, oh, yeah. you know, when you're drinking oh, yeah. out there, next thing you know, it's like, wait a minute, how did I end up here? Who are these people yeah. I'm with? What are these, what am I doing? Yeah. And I think about that. Like I made so many, especially when I was overseas, I think about like, I could have been killed. You know what I mean? Like I could have positions I put myself in, in other countries. And, you know, like, especially now the world is so different. Like, but, you know, like just being around, you know, because I really didn't want to be too involved in, you know, my husband's business. And so I told him, you know, I'll help out every now and then and volunteer a little bit of time. And so, you know, today I was like, ah, oh, like this is, you know, I can't put too much into this. But then there's so many women, you know, like they yeah. call me, you know, there's so many that are like sleeping in tents, like with their children in the park. Yeah. You know, like, and it's like drinking or yeah. doing other, you know, doing things and like, man, it sucks to like not have enough space for everybody, you know, yeah. and like, and there's just so many, you know, but it's like, you know, I, I tell them, you know, like one of the goals is to teach them to be self-sufficient and to help them learn how to like be a mother. And I'm just really glad that, and, you know, I'm not the perfect mom in the whole, twi- you know, world. And yeah. And I don't always know what I'm doing. And I, you know, I do yell at her and she frustrates me. But, you know, when you see these moms that like just got their kids back or don't really know how to be a mom because they're yeah. like hiding somewhere or passed out. How could you know how to be a doing. mom when you don't even know how to function yourself? I mean, I yeah. had to learn basic things. I was talking about it in one of the other 
podcast episodes we recorded. I was like, I didn't know that you didn't have to react to stuff. Like I thought it was a thing. Like I thought that so yeah. like, oh, having that pause and thinking, I like legit thought that you're supposed to like fire back. Someone says something to you. And I thought you were supposed to immediately mm-hmm. respond with like something worse. I didn't even know there were other options of doing like you that. You can walk so, away and like, what? I didn't, you know? I'm like, what? I didn't mm-hmm. even know that. And so it's like, how are you supposed to learn how to raise somebody else and function with their emotions and deal with their stuff? I mean, I'm a yeah. toddler and I'm like, okay, her emotions right now. And I'm trying, you know, and I'm like, yeah. okay, I can process it. How can you do that? I mean, I was a, acting like a toddler when I was out there drinking, you know, that's what you yeah. act like. You act like a little kid. You have no self-control. Right. You have no emotional control. You can't regulate yourself, your emotions. So how are you supposed to raise somebody else to do that? It's like yeah. fucking impossible. Like, yeah. And that's what, you know, with these ladies, I'm like, you know, the other day I was sitting on the couch and just watching these kids. Cause they're coming from really crappy living arrangement. Mm-hmm. Right. Some of them are sleeping in, t- you know, it's just crazy. It's like, yeah. it, you know, you see it, but then when someone's in front of you, like telling you their story, you're like, holy shit, like this is real. You know yeah. what I mean? And then you see the kids that are like the same age as your kids. And then you're like, holy shit, like this is really real, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, like, yeah, you know, I was like watching these kids run around because it's a really big, huge, beautiful Victorian house, mm-hmm. this beautiful wall. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And, you know, like these kids are like running through the house. And any other situation, I'd be like, hey, quit running up the stairs, you know? But yeah. it's like, they just think it's a mansion. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's like their home. And, you know, eventually they'll learn how to and why not to run up the stairs and do what they're doing. But it's just really cool to see, like, how happy they are and, like, the possibility that yeah. they get to, like, not have to live like that, you know? Yeah, in and, a tent. A I mean, imagine going yeah. in a tent, that confined space to a huge, yeah. like, Victorian. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so that's like another little thing that wow. has been going on. And it's just like, you know, just keeping like in like myself and like those kind of situations, because it's really easy. You know, my neighbor came because she didn't open this bottle of wine. And she asked, do you have a wine? I don't know what it's called. What do they call it? I can't forget. Wine the opener? wine. Cork- yeah. 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 Corkscrew. And corkscrew. I, wine yeah, corkscrew. Yeah. 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 I don't even know what it's called anymore. I, I said, no, I don't have one of those here. She's like, I'm trying to open this wine. She has both of her kids next to her. I'm like, here, like, I'll help you, right? So I'm like, showing her, I'm like, just do this, whatever. And then the court comes right. She's like, oh my God, you're like a professional. I'm like thinking like, hell yeah, I'm a professional, <laughs> you know? And so she's like, get a glass, get a glass. You can, and I'm like, no, it's okay. No, thank you. I don't drink. She's like, how is that possible? Because you have a kid, you know? And so to be able to like beat those like thought processes that we have to have that in order to be a great mother, like you just really feel amazing when you know that you don't have to and you can still yep. get through the day. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. So good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing. That was amazing. And your story so inspiring. And for all the listeners, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the pink cloud podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show and we really appreciate it. We'll catch you in the next episode.